0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilot's License, flight number 43, with service to Los Angeles. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember if... Wait a minute, what show are we doing? I can't say that on a plane, are you nuts? No, oh, no, I am not saying that, you cannot make me... Welcome to the TV Pilot's nope. License, my name is Jeff Kurvis, <laughs> joined by Rich Inman and Max Singer. How you boys doing today?
1: It's Ryan Murphy. We're doing Nip Tuck, right? We're doing Nip Tuck?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. We're not doing Nip Tuck. <laughs> well, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing one of our rare shows that is still on the air with 911 Ryan, one of many Ryan Murphy hits. Uh, but before we do so, uh, Max, do you mind telling the folks at home what this
2: podcast is all about? So here at TV Pilots License, we break down and analyze the pilot episodes of some of television's most famous, or in some cases, infamous shows. (laughs) We learn how they came to be and how they were greenlit, if we think they're effective pilots and make us want to watch more, and if they could be made today, if they deserve spinoffs, what the hell did we just watch? You get the idea. Go back and check out our previous episodes, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go check us out on YouTube and see our smiling and or confused faces today. And if it is your first time flying with us, then welcome aboard. And Rich, what is your question of the week? Boy, when I watched Nip Talk for the
1: first time, uh, I gotta say, I loved it so much. <laughs> I just want to know what type of plastic surgery, would you guys get? No, I'm kidding. Uh... <laughs> Catherine <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you had that ready to go. Um, <laughs> Bigger nose. Bigger <laughs> <laughs> nose. <laughs> yeah, Kermis is going for the Jewish high score. Um, <laughs> all right. So, upon watching this show, which we have not named yet, correct? Although the people no, at home uh, no, will we, know.
0: Just in case people did not hear me the first time, we are oh, doing 911, which you oh, can gosh. find on Fox as well as Hulu. Uh, if you are considering watching before listening to the pod.
1: Okay. So the question that I came up with while watching this show is, uh, what do you guys think the best drug to write on is? (laughs) And and explain your answer. Oh my God. Um,
0: Adderall. Adderall is the best drug to write on. Um, (laughs) having, Having been diagnosed with ADD and... Uh, spending many years in high school on Adderall of some shape or form. There is nothing, more, nothing greater than clear vision. <laughs> and if you have like a pen or a pencil, you could just write for hours. I legitimately remember um, in high school, one of my professors was like, okay, here's your final exam. I'm going to give you the, there's 24 different essay topics that i might give you on the final exam day and i'm giving them to you ahead of time and my dumb dumb brain instead of thinking oh i'll just study for all 24 and hope and like i know which one i wrote 24 different versions of the essay so that and then repeated it three times so that then whichever one i got i was able to write down perfectly y'all jeff I got a hundred percent on that (laughs) on that (laughs) exam, Uh, but Max, I'm curious about you. What drug would you choose?
2: So I'm going to go with a classified drug or classified. uh, Is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I'm going with a drug.
1: (laughs) It's it's a secret drug you haven't heard of.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm going with a drug that is a it's street legal. It's common. And it's good old coffee. We're talking about <laughs> caffeine, folks. Uh, one, it keeps me awake, keeps me perked up, helps to get through the pages you need to work on. And also, if I buy it, they let me stay at the coffee shop and keep you to the internet.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Here's what I think the writers of 911 are on while they're writing this, because it has to be something. It has to be, it has to be something absolutely insane. Like it's, it's a combination of four logo and Molly or something like that. Cause what, what on earth, what is this show? How are they, how are these real 911 calls? I mean, they're not real, but like, why did they think? (laughs) Rich,
0: are you telling me you went into this show and there was a small part of you that was like, wait a minute.
1: Is this yeah. based on real life? Shows did I miss the part? All shows with nine one one in the title are real. Reno nine one one, that's
2: real. They're that all is, real. i am I'm really excited for my segment. I can't I'm not gonna say anything more. All right. Uh, all well, right.
1: Oh, I'm gonna, well, I'm, gonna need, I'm gonna need a little drug of my own for this one. Let's go. oh God.
0: Well Rich, thank you for that interesting question of the week. Uh, before we dive into the history of 911 or talking about this pilot, let's get a quick synopsis. Explore the high pressure experiences of the first responders who are thrust into the most frightening, shocking, and heart-stopping situations. I think that was super accurate. I don't know about y'all, but Max, I I want you to get to it. Tell us how this was made.
2: So we are going and talking today about the pilot of Fox's 911, which aired on January 3rd, 2018. We love a mid-season pickup, don't we, folks? And (laughs) we're going to be talking for the second time on this podcast about Ryan Murphy. Uh, If you want to hear our first Ryan Murphy show, go back and check out our episode on Glee. Learn about our beloved Indiana Hoosier baby boy. But uh, a little bit on Murphy. Uh, he worked as a newspaper journalist after college when his spec script, Why Can't I Be Audrey Hepburn, was purchased by Steven Spielberg. The film was never made, but it was a logic pad for Murphy. Uh, he goes on to do shows like Nip Tuck, Glee, American Horror Story, American Crime Story, half of the things you see on FX and Netflix these days. 911 uh, is his first procedural style show since Nip Tuck. Ed is created alongside Brad Falchuk and Tim Maneer, who worked with Murphy for years. Uh, shows like Glee, Nip Tuck, American Horror Story. These guys were writers and producers on all of those. Maneer serves as the primary showrunner on this. So any faults you may have with uh, the plot, storylines, uh, we're looking at you, Tim Maneer. <laughs> so Murphy says that the show was actually inspired by real-life events uh, in his own life. In 2015, his 11 month old son stopped breathing in the middle of the night due to a tracheal blockage. And Murphy credits the first responders for saving his infant son's life. And from there, he wants to kind of create uh, the phrase is like a blue sky style show, basically, things that focus on positivity, people doing good deeds. And uh, I hate talking about Miss Hera because Murphy says that he also believed that a show like that would help combat the dark, cynical Trump era. So he takes inspiration from shows like ER and Case of the Week style shows, as well as soap operas, which, yeah, obviously we watched this pilot. (laughs) And the show gets a direct-to-series order from Fox right off the bat. He pitches it. Automatic 13 episodes at this point, this is like the third consecutive show that Murphy pitched that went to direct series order. God, this is, uh, this so is also like the meeting. last thing he does right before his massive Netflix deal. Uh, so I don't know how much more we'll see from Ryan Murphy on just uh, regular old broadcast TV, but we'll see. Ed, rich. I hate to burst your bubble. But the nine one one calls featured into this show are all based on real cases. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, the, no. The writers no. and producers did extensive interviews with real-life first responders getting the craziest stories they learned. They also scoured the internet for viral stories from other countries. Uh things like the baby in the wall story that we're going to talk about all of that were things they just found from like weird news websites from somewhere in the world. Jesus. I don't know if they still do that to this day, but there is a whole lot of weird news out there. Oh man. I, I was so excited to watch you processing this in real time right now.
1: <laughs> oh, I hate this so much. The fact like I, I could have, I could have gone, I, I could have just watched this with a veil of ignorance over my eyes just like knowing that uh that these are all real is so like just added another layer of me being just like blatantly upset with this episode and i i like i feel bad for everyone involved imagine going through something so goofy and so tragic that you can't really tell anyone about it and yet Someone from a broadcast network is going to interview you about that specific worst day of your life.
2: Well, you know that question we had last week uh, with the party Dad episode where it was like what's the like what's the worst thing that you could imagine being recognized for in public? <laughs> Can you imagine having this like terrible thing that happened to you like oh you you accidentally tied too many balloons to your lawn chair at a family <laughs> cookout, and you floated away. And you don't want to tell anyone about it. And then you see that it's a plotline odd on nine one one, and Peter Krause is trying to shoot you down out of the sky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait!
1: I know his face from somewhere. Uh, so oh, you know his face actor? from a few different things. Is it? Is he an actor? Oh my God, Wall Baby. <laughs>
2: Oh, Jeff definitely thought you were talking about Peter Krause. Yeah, yeah I was <laughs> no. just
1: like,
0: "What the fuck are you talking about? You know him oh, from 911 no. and a few other shows." So, Max, any other history about making this show that we need to know before we dive into the pilot?
2: Nope, dive in.
0: <laughs> All right, so I would before we start with Connie Britton's immaculate first line, let's just start off with naming a few of the people who are in this pilot. If I was to tell you there was a television show where you have Peter Krause, Connie Britton, and Angela Bassett all starring in the show, you would tell me most likely, Holy shit, that sounds super interesting. I can't wait to watch it. Well, if I have you hooked on that, you should watch 911 before you listen to this pilot. Oh, so boy. let's talk, start off with Connie Britton's first line, which is, What's your emergency? The first kind of emergency is the one we all have every day. And Rich, I already know you're going to be our party pooper today, but I love the idea that there are two types of emergencies, and that is how we are framing every single person that we meet in this show. The first type of emergency is our personal conflicts that we deal with. The second type of emergency are the regular everyday emergencies and the emergencies that a 911 operator, in this case, Connie Britton, whose mom is dealing with Alzheimer's at late stages,
2: is dealing with every single day. You got to set up that mission statement on page. one. that's just good pilot writing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think that, like, one, am I excited to see Connie Britton every single time? Yes. At Connie Britton always. It is just in my notes. At, Connie Britton could just be, you know, like.
2: Reading the numbers
0: out of the phone book,
2: and, and I'm for like, For the yeah, I'm record, here. for about forty five minutes, you could have told me that her name was just Connie Britton, and I would have <laughs> believed you. This is this is textbook. I don't know anyone's names until the very end. I think it's maybe minute forty eight when they finally say that her name is Anna. So okay. for, wasn't for this man. entire well, show, no, it,
0: it, Max, it's not even Anna. Anna, it's Abby. It's oh, Abby. <laughs> yeah. No, okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> But, but yeah, from here from here on out, it's Angela Bassett, it's Peter Krause, uh, it's Connie Britton, it's Snake Girl. Like, we're not using any actual names.
0: So. Oh, wait till we get to Snake Girl. I have some background on that. It is oh, wild. Boy. Um, oh, boy. But we also get introduced to the idea of the first emergency and some of the players that we're going to meet with this diving board incident. Um, and the line that we get is, as soon as help arrives, most people hang up. Um, and then we see our cast sort of jump into action
2: as a whole. Is this dispatcher's office the set from Bones? This is the fanciest <laughs> emergency response call center I have ever seen. This billion dollar call center they're
1: in. Yeah, C- CTU and Jack Bauer doesn't look this nice. <laughs> in 24, not Jack Bauer. Jesus. <laughs> in Jack Bauer.
0: The (laughs) spin-off series of 24, where we just follow Jack Power eating pudding. Old Jackie B. (laughs) But as you, like, we get this diving board incident, and we see a success. But then, very quickly after, we see the lows of being someone who's in this type of work with a suicide attempt from probably someone who was high on something. Um, and a successful suicide attempt at that. And this is where I actually really appreciate that when Ryan Murphy probably set out to do this show, he was like, like, you probably could have gotten some no-name actors who like look like the stars, right? Like look like, oh, that guy looks like a firefighter. Um, the example that I would give is Oliver Stark who plays, uh, Buck or Bucky. Um, he is very much looks like a firefighter like you could just point at him and be like yeah he's a service member but having someone like Peter Krause in this pilot gives it a sense of like actual acting and like seeing him respond to in a way that's very believable of watching someone fall to their peril I really like this juxtaposition of a successful outing versus a non-successful outing to start this pilot off rather than just, yeah, everything's a success. No one dies. We're all good.
1: Yeah. It was a smart choice. I think I, 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 you have to, in a lot of these broadcast shows in the same way that like, you know, if it's a comedy, they try to establish the fact that they're adults, that they're going to be in adult situations right off the bat. You are going to watch them deal with some serious shit. And that is like a Ryan Murphy staple too. They're you, If he's gonna make something sad it is gonna be sad he's gonna he's gonna absolutely like you know find the craziest potential family drama you know uh i I don't know what were you gonna say max i i i fear i interrupted you
2: well well i think uh, to jeff's point that this show is only effective if you have the biggest names you recognize in it there are certain times where you want to be just totally immersed in the world of the show And you don't need to know who the people are. You want to like believe they're the characters. Uh, This is an example, though. I think it's a lot of Ryan Murphy shows in general where they're they're so over the top. They're dialed up to a ten from the jump. That Mm -hmm. you need to have star power. You need to have magnetism that almost, in a way, brings it back down to earth. If Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Uh, It is just insane to me, though, that in this first scene we. Cut from someone jumping off of a tower to their death to immediately a woman calling to complain about getting the wrong number of chicken nuggets in her order. We do the button of the cold open after someone leapt to their death. Human beings have multitudes, man.
0: I was about to say... The moment you know that Ryan Murphy was involved in this show and writing this script was the moment that woman said the word chicken nugget, <laughs> and we were supposed to be like, "Oh yeah, this is the the life of someone who is working as a nine one one operator, potentially getting." And I really, there are, as we talked about with Peter Krause, like having Connie Britton deliver that line of like. Um, I have it written down, eat your nuggets, get some perspective and get the hell off my line. Like, yeah,
2: I even was like, oh, am I on the phone? Do I need to TV pilots (laughs) license (laughs) one-liner Hall of Fame inductee. Eat your nuggets, get some perspective and get the hell off my line.
0: There's definitely a lot of potential inductees on uh, this episode. From here, we are in church. Um, I'm so sorry, boys. It is not Sunday, but uh, we find out that... Bob, the captain of the fireman, is in church and he is there to repent his sins. And we get this is just the gigantic exposition dump about this character that we have sort of been waiting for after seeing him successfully and unsuccessfully save a life. In um, seeing that he sort of has this sin that he feels like he has to make up for. Uh, that is why he is doing this. He has to. Uh, and that is why he's going to church almost on like a weekly basis. Most people able... do. Yeah, most. <laughs> th- there are a lot of people who do, but only if you have the subscription. <laughs> I. I. What? What's the subscription cost? Is it less than HBO Max? I might have to
1: find out. Well, if uh, it's uh, if you're Mormon, it's uh, I believe it's ten percent. Oh my god! Um, but from here
0: and from this exposition dump of being in a church we get to meet evan buckley and we get a little bit of an idea of what evan buckley is like because he says you know some people uh deal with this with religion there's other people who might just deal with it in sex uh max what did you think about our real introduction to evan buckley
2: Oh my god, the line Mr. Hose, I'm on fire is a perfect text message. No notes on that. Shout out to the <laughs> digital team for making that text message. Uh, this is absolutely insane. This show contains multitudes. It cuts between grounded and absurd so quickly with like no disregard for the people who are in its whirlwind. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the church scene, having... Bobby going from talking about uh, his addiction and repenting and needing to like make good of the world to the priest's cell phone going off and it's firework by Katy Perry. This show whips Boy. you back and forth so quickly. You absolutely get whiplash trying to follow the plots of this. And yeah, uh, Mr. Hose and then watching him get it on in a parked fire truck is... <laughs> is is really something
0: well you missed another hall of fame line uh which is so buckley goes chases this girl in a fire truck to go and have sex with her in said fire truck um and she says this is why they call you fire hose no it's not and (laughs) then they proceed to uh you know have sex which leads me to an interesting question If you were to have a dating app profile name other than your actual name, what would it be? Rich, I'm going to ask you first. What would your dating app profile name be? (laughs) You Uh, can also – the alternative is you can give me your instant messenger name uh, back when you were probably in middle school or high school. Yeah, you
2: either need to give a fake dating app profile nickname or you need to give your real AIM screen name.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, I do, I do uh, know that it was Foo Fighters related because that was a band I was very into when I was eleven. Still am. Uh, I don't want to give the exact one because I think it's a password for something. So go on, Max. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just trying to think of like what like a dating app like anonymous nickname would be based on the things that I do in my life. Uh, so we're going to make it podcast related, and mine, uh, mine is Hot Bike. <laughs> Ooh, I like that a lot.
0: And uh, I I will go on record with what one of my old aim names were. Uh, I'm going to use the one that I use for the most of the time, and that was Jet Pepper Guy. I will let
1: you figure out what that was related to. Uh, Rich, hold on. Is it it the band Jet and the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yes, it is. Yeah, (laughs) I got it. it. Oh, and that was the better of the two. Um, so I will leave that there. We just have um, like a Benigan's ad level of music taste.
2: <laughs> oh, my ad was Benigan's fan, so. <laughs> um, well,
0: old Betty boy. So a few different things happen. We get to learn a little bit about uh, Kenneth, Ch- uh, excuse me, Kenneth Choi's character, who is... Uh, Howie, uh, we do not hear his infamous nickname. If you continue watching the show, but his, wait on IMDb, um, he's listed as Chimney. Yes, that is his name. That is his nickname uh, in the show. So, wait, his is, is, um, is what?
1: chimney like? Is is Chimney like in Grey's Anatomy where they name him 007 because he has a license to kill? Like, what are what are we what are we talking? So,
0: here? Rich, what if I told you, and this is outside of the pilot, that they reference him as Chimney throughout the series we are six seasons in they have still yet to tell us oh that's so his good name is chimney what
1: no 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 that is not <laughs> as good as like where do the simpsons live it's like it's really not that great of a mystery <laughs> oh my god well talking about a mystery
0: chimney's emergency is that his girlfriend or whomever was staying at his house is only into his fake stories About the peril and the heroics that he goes through as a firefighter. Uh, And which is like a little bit weird that he lies, but also the idea that there's so much about dating sites and like the concept of uniform fetish in this show. And we're not even like eight minutes in, I think, at this point.
2: I need to talk about the gorgeous firehouse kitchen. The absolutely (laughs) stunning remodel of this firehouse kitchen and the beautiful artisanal farm-to-table meal that they are all sitting around the table (laughs) eating. I assumed this was going to be like some chili cooked on a hot plate, but no, this place is architectural digest level gorgeous.
0: Yeah, it is It is a kitchen that I would like to see in uh, my own home. I am very jealous of it. It's LA, baby. Oh my god! even um, the firefighters are rich one of the so throughout this show we talked a little bit about how there are multiple emergencies that happen we've seen two we get to our third one which is there is a call about a man hearing a baby's cries in a wall and I would say this is the first emergency that I felt a sense of like holy shit there's a baby in the wall. Are we going to save the baby? And we also get introduced to one of our other major characters, which is Angela Bassett, uh, who is playing a cop by the name of Athena. Angela
2: Bassett. <laughs> <laughs> what Starting do you think Angela about Bassett as herself? What do we think about the framing device that they use for the nine one one calls? Like the screen goes black, and you basically see like the on screen. Uh, text of the call, and you see like the audio files going up and down. How it, do we? It, how do we like how they framed these?
0: So I really like it from the sense of it reminds me a little bit of like when I used to watch shows like Cops or uh, Live Nine One One or whatever the fuck it was called, or Live PD. Oh, Excuse they did a me.
2: live version of this. <laughs> so
0: Live PD was a wild show that I I don't even have enough time to talk about right now. Where they had camera crews following in live simulcasts of people arresting people in like Kentucky and Indiana and North Carolina. And I like it. Yep. It's, it's something. Um, but what I will say is I, it sort of reminded me of that and it made it feel like we were getting multiple angles of how do we involve Connie Britton? Cool. We get her voiceover for like the 30 seconds that we need it. How do we involve Angela Bassett? Cool. Angela Bassett is here because someone tried to kill a baby. Um, So we need to find out who tried to kill the baby. And then how do we involve Peter Krause and crew? Uh, Well, they need to save the baby. uh, And we almost get this like, I just have MacGyver in my notes because it's like the most MacGyver situation ever of just like watching a man look and be like, oh, we need lube to get this baby out out of Damn a right
1: pipe. yeah it's uh they they really slapped this uh, this rescue operation together uh, using well it, i'd say macgyver's a good comparison but we do get i mean this show this show makes this look like a very routine thing <laughs> this is this is maybe the most insane story. I, the fact that they kind of like led with this in basically the first act is completely bonkers. Like, this is the first time we get Angela Bassett, and Angela Bassett, who is arguably number one in the call sheet, arguably the highest paid person on the show, probably by a lot, her first entrance into the show is telling everyone in an apartment building not to flush their toilets. This is like, I truly, (laughs) like, what are we doing here exactly? What, what, what is the, what is the angle we're going for? We also get a bonkers fact of, uh, Oh, yeah, this premature, a premature baby's bones are like sponges. They're very, they're very malleable. You could just shove them down the toilet if you want. That's a real
2: thing that you could do. And I got to give a, a shout out to Buck charging at the wall with the axe and yeah. Peter Krause stopping him going, did you ever stop and consider you might hit a baby? Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> Buck's a doer. Buck's a doer, not a thinker. I, I love that about him. Shout yeah, out to show,
2: don't tell. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ. So. Like,
0: rather than us spending too much time getting into the details of the saving of the baby, uh, as well as Angela Bassett, like, deducting who the mother is and what exactly happened. We get this scene that, like, sort of was intriguing in the idea of, like, Bucky basically saying, like, fuck the mom. She tried to kill this baby. Um, We're going to drive without her. And then Angela Bassett, and this will come back later, being like, I have my eyes on you. You tried to choose who lives and who dies um, because she ends up forcing the mom onto the ambulance uh, to save her from bleeding out.
1: Yeah, with- that was a, a very intense line of if this baby dies, it's on you. Let's also go to a far less serious line that we that we just uh, glanced over. But uh, how about the L.A.F.D.? Do you have a teenage girl in there with you? I wish. That was, yeah, uh, that. that was real gross. Holy shit. That was real Holy gross. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's a, there's here? a line here also as they're getting out of the building where Peter Krause is holding the baby and Bucky is like, I'll take it. He goes, give her to me. Come on. I'm twice as fast, which is such a, like, <laughs> like a male kind of hubris <laughs> old neighborhood. Like, yeah, come on, boss. I'm, I'm so quick. I'm the fastest kid. <laughs> give me the baby, boss. <laughs>
0: So after that brilliant piece of acting in line giving, um, we do have to talk about a scene that I actually think was really well acted and something that is um, surprising. I did not expect it in the show. I did not remember the scene, having seen this pilot before. Uh, and that was, we're at Angela Bassett's house um, and we get probably one of the more honest depictions of coming out as an adult with a family and sort of what that can do to a family as a whole. And we are recording this during pride month. This was just something that it, at first when I watched it, I was like, wow, this isn't really a pride friendly segment that we're watching, but this is one of the most honest interpretations and, presentations of you know as a man coming out with a family um who really just wanted to be a dad and we get this you know a older woman who wanted to have kids a man who might not have been who probably did not present fully as straight wanting to also have kids and the reality of their situation with two grown children as a whole
1: this is a big Ryan Murphy calling card thing here, where you just put someone in the most dramatic situation possible, like, really early on, and just like, all right, here you go. Here It's the pilot. You don't get to learn anything about these people except for the most dramatic thing that's ever happened in their life, and also make it gay, which is great. But... Uh, The fact that this man wasn't coming out for quite a long time, uh, they look like they're in their 40s or something like that, maybe 50s. Mm -hmm. They had kids a while, a long time ago. It seemed like he was pretty confused on what their deal was. Uh, This is like jumping in with way, like extremely not enough context for, for the gravity of this situation. I don't know. It seems like a crazy predicament that could have been prevented. Quite a long time ago.
0: My one defense of this is we talked about a little bit of the framing device they use at the beginning, right? Everyone has their personal emergency and their secondary emergency or the emergencies of real life. And this is this strong, confident cop that we see in Athena who at home, when she has the world figured out, she doesn't have her own personal life figured out. Um, Max I'm curious about you When you saw this scene And to give credit to the actor uh, His name is Rockman Dunbar Um, I think they both just did Given what they were given They did such a great job But I want to hear your perspective of it as well
2: Uh, First of all incredible actor name Maybe the best actor name of anyone (laughs) in this cast Yeah I, I, I think that it is a Not often portrayed in mainstream media story that does affect you know a lot of people where it's coming to terms with your your life and your truth as an adult perhaps feeling conflicted by a life you've built and a life that is uh you know needing to be led authentically so i, I think that it's, it's very interesting that you have a a character here who is you know, a, a secondary part of this pilot plot, but, you know, has such a story of his own here. And I I think that's something that isn't really explored a ton in mainstream media. I think like a film like, uh, beginners by Christopher, uh, with Christopher Plummer, uh, that Mike Mills film was a really good job of exploring like coming out later in life and what that means for adult children and those around you. But, seeing it smack dab in the middle of we just like axed a baby out of PVC pipe and what's going to immediately follow it. Like that, that that's the thing here is and I totally get it, that you need to show every character having both sides of this. You need to show everyone having the work emergencies and the personal emergency. I think that this is a really compelling story, but it feels like a middle of season one story yeah. To be, it Definitely. doesn't feel like a thing that you do in the same episode as a dude having sex on a fire truck yep. and all the <laughs> other insane shit that we're even gonna get into. It just, it just it's it's a really good story that feels like it almost got rushed into the pilot.
1: Yeah, that is such a, that I like an incredibly good point. And I know this is like maybe not a fair comparison because one show is like a whodunit, the other one's not. If this is a Desperate Housewives type plot line, this would not be revealed, like you said, Max, until middle of season one. You would tease it maybe a little bit, but you are just like, you're dropping bombs before anyone is really attached to the characters, which I thought was a very interesting choice. And I know it's not like a, you know, This isn't a show where you're just, like, leaving a bunch of cliffhangers everywhere and, like, you know, setting things up to be discovered later on in the season. This is more of an episodic thing, at least so far. Um, It it seems, like, really heavy-handed. It seems, like, way too soon to drop something like that. Like, they could have just left a little bit of air of mystery of, like, Something's wrong in this relationship. What if is you
2: had never seen this show before, and I was just like describing the supporting cast to you, and I told you there is a character who plays a major plot point who is secretly gay and makes great waffles, it would not make sense <laughs> in the rest of the context of this pilot. <laughs> because you're talking about Donkey from Shrek. Oh, <laughs> my
0: God. <laughs> so, Max, it's sort of like a chaos sandwich if we think about it, because we have this baby in the pipe, uh, in the wall, we have this coming out um, situation with Athena. And then we also have our next 911 call of a woman being choked by her Burmese python. Um, and this was, first of all, I just have written in my notes, nightmare, 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 because like (laughs) the entry of coming in and like, they mentioned Conan the barbarian. They missed the Indiana Jones, like just served on a platter to them. Mm -hmm. Right. But this was one of those things where we then saw the, another situation of like, just the police or firefighters, excuse me. I wanted to say cops. The firefighter's jumping into action, and then a snake got got. And then we get the corniest fucking line of, I had the, to save the most beautiful girl in the room. So, Max, y- you have to say it before I say my little fun fact.
2: Go for the, it. The look on Connie Britton's face in the call center, because they, they cut back to her at the end of this call. And it <laughs> I she looks... Just in absolute disbelief, the shock on her face. I want to imagine that there's like a PA who's just kind of like fucking with Connie Britton and just saying like the most insane things to her over the line to get her to get that reaction on film. <laughs> because there's no way that that's just like, all right, quiet on set and action. And she makes that face all on her own. Please watch this pilot just for the Connie Britton facial reactions to the 911 calls.
0: All right. Oh, so... Rich, I have a question for you. Please. What What was the name of the woman who was
1: being choked to death by the snake? Dude, there was so much happening in that scene, I don't even know. Is that even important? So this is why it's important.
0: Uh, so that character is only referenced in this pilot as Snake Hoarder, right? That's the <laughs> only reference. But in the IMDb credits... Uh That is a named character by the name of Jesse. So I did a little bit of research on the actress that plays Jesse. Her name is Sarah Hay. Sarah Hay has been nominated for multiple pretty prestigious awards, including a Golden Globe, AFI, like all these things. There were plans to bring this woman back into the show. I don't know how, but guess what? They never did it. This is the only episode she was in, and we only care about the pilot. Um, so, Rich, <laughs> I have a big surprise for you. Okay. Guess what? It is time for our second ever <gasps> TV Pilots
1: Masterpiece. No way! Of- TV Pilots License will be back after a word from our sponsor. Hey. <laughs>
0: So let let me
1: the tip of the teeth. Ah, so let me set
0: the scene as we prepare. Uh, After the escapades of saving uh, Jesse, our snake hoarder, we then get a beautiful helicopter shot of a fire truck that has its full ladder up to the roof of a building. It is a euphemism. (laughs) And we see our captain bobby climbing up that building uh with that being said i am very proud to welcome our actor on our (laughs) of our co-host max singer who will be playing the role of bucky as i will be his line reader and playing the role of bobby are you prepared mr singer
2: Yes, I also have to just say it is ridiculous that these two characters have very similar sounding names. Like <laughs> having Bucky and Bobby talking so much back and forth that that's going to be hell on Final Draft. <laughs> You're starting to type; it's autocorrected. It's making the wrong one. <laughs> well, I will begin. Speaking of hell on Final Draft, let's get to the reading. You're fired. What? Wait, that's not fair. You said I got three strikes. Doesn't matter.
0: You've made this choice yourself, and you rubbed it in my face. The same exact infraction two days after I wrote you up? It's not the 1950s anymore, Buck. We work with women side by side. When you swing your dick around, you disrespect them.
2: Wait, wait, Bobby, Bobby. I think I might be a sex addict. (laughs) Self-diagnosed.
0: You think this is a joke?
2: No, I'm not joking.
0: How much does your kit weigh? When you're fully geared up.
2: I don't I, I don't know, sixty pounds, give or take.
0: Right, sixty pounds. So when you choose this life, you find a way to leave everything <laughs> behind you except that sixty pounds. I don't care if you got problems with your wife, with money, with alcohol, with keeping it in your pants, all that stuff weighs you down and it slows you down. And if we <laughs> lose a couple seconds, people die. So you want to disrespect yourself. That's fine with me. You want to disrespect these women that you chase around? That's on them. But you are done disrespecting our firehouse
2: and this fire department. No, Bobby, Bobby, I need this job. Look, I love this job. (laughs) Don't do this to me. I don't have anything else.
0: I'm sorry, kid. I said you're done. And that is scene. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know what's so funny is that uh, I know you guys chose this because it's like dramatic schlock, and uh, I actually, <laughs> I actually thought this is one of the better like things of dialogue in the actual pilot. <laughs> I was well, like, okay, like, that's sixty pounds thing. I'm I'm sold.
0: I I definitely agree with you, Rich. But there's moments where like Max and I were texting with each other, and we were like, is there a better scene to do? Because there's a lot of opportunities <laughs> in this show. And, like, no, when someone self-diagnoses themselves as a sex addict and yeah, says it out terrific. loud, you have to then use that line to then put on your podcast. This scene
2: also <laughs> made me realize, though, because the actor Oliver Stark, who plays Bucky, he is British. Yes. And it feels like they told him you're playing a dramatic firefighter, and the only results he could find for this character were, like, the Great Chicago Fire, because <laughs> he has the most, like yeah, come on, chief, we gotta, you know, we gotta get down to the station kind of voice that no one else in this show has. It's not from anywhere in Southern California. It is the most, like, Bowery boy, Mrs. O'Leary's cow-ass fireman voice I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> so, one, Max, fantastic job with your acting. S- you, same to you, Jeff, thank you. You absolutely destroyed it. No, no, destroyed. Order. Wow. <laughs> so... Let's talk a little bit about what happens next. Um, Bucky is packing. The firefighters go out uh, to go and handle what looks like just a car accident in the streets of L.A. Um, If you did not know, this show, make sure you know they filmed everything everywhere in downtown L.A. Uh, It is just 100% known. But there is another 911 call, uh, and it is a residential break-in. Uh, as a young girl is home by herself as two thieves break into her home to steal some things in like this very strange suburbia moment like that angela bassett just happens to be by that area i am not from la but that just does not seem anywhere close to downtown la as a whole
2: Rich, That's as right. a valley dweller, how did you feel seeing uh, Winnetka come up in this pilot?
1: Yeah, wait, okay. Can can we address something super quick in the notes here? Um, there is a note that says nine one one call home invasion near Rich's house, can, including the AIM screen name. Can we please not dox me on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> CP oh pilot's license, the one where Rich gets doxed. <laughs> Uh, I was super thrilled to see the city the great city of Winnetka, California uh, (laughs) get get some representation in a broadcast TV show. Isn't that
2: where the bowling alley with the good beer is, Rich? Yeah, it sure is (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh my god he's so
1: sad it's really good Don't podcast you're,
0: if you're not watching us on YouTube go I, I think we're like 45 minutes in go just to watch Rich's sad face as he realizes he might not be able to go to these places anymore
1: <laughs> yeah you can't hey I can't go to the neighborhood where I do all the kidnappings no more
0: <laughs> but this is um so as far as the scene goes we see like the craftiness of the of connie Britton as well as angela bassett working together and we are given this bucky redemption moment as a whole i think this was actually the scene that we got to see the most of connie Britton, as far as just genuine acting if that makes sense because let's just think about the situation she was in right she is acting against most likely a PA talking to her over the phone. Like there's not, we get the sense of drama based off of the visuals that we're able to see, but it's not like she's watching this on. Maybe she is for all I know. Maybe Ryan Murphy is thinking ahead and being like, Oh yeah, I'm going to film the scene and show Connie Britton. So she gives the gravity of the situation, but this was Connie Britton acting up a lot against nothing.
2: Are dispatchers qualified to do what's essentially a hostage negotiation on the phone?
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point, Max. I don't think so. I think that Connie Britton might need to lose her job for trying to give the guy a uh, an out before getting potentially arrested, and then got by a fire hose uh, by the guy who's named Fire Hose on all the sex apps.
1: It's uh, a moment oh, God. for sure on all um, the sex apps. You talk, yeah, you guys, <laughs> Jeff. You talk like you've been married for forty years.
0: <laughs> you know the sex apps uh where all the people have sex. Uh so I just I do love the note Max um and thank you for putting this in our notes. Sex dude gets back on the force. And yeah. That's just, that's just the only note there. No, nothing says
1: nothing says we only had one day to prepare for this sh- for this podcast episode like Sex dude gets back on the force.
2: Oh my there's god. There's a there's a real groaner of a joke. In here, like a real dad joke that Ryan Murphy wrote in here, which is after after Mr. Hose helps apprehend the burglars, uh, Angela Bassett says, she called, told me what an asset you are, told her she was half right, which <laughs> yes. is such a, it's such a funny insult to him, calling him an ass.
0: So one of the questions that I just have written in my notes with the end of this show is how much money do we think was spent on this pilot because the final song that we get for this show is under pressure by queen and david bowie and that is not some none of this show looked cheap none of this show looked phoned in it very much looked like ryan murphy called us and said he had an idea for a tv show how much money does he want 10 million plus? Cool. We're just going to hand him the check and he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants because he's Ryan Murphy.
2: The dialogue under this needle drop is bat shit. (laughs) I have it all caps. I was a punk. I still am one. I'm a punk who understands what he lost. And then when the final alarms go off and they all spring into action at the end, uh, just uh, the, the Connie Britton line that of, for those of us who chose this life there's no place we'd rather be.
1: Okay, I do. <laughs> damn it, I do want to go back because Jeff. I know you think I'm a spoiled sport. I'm, I'm raining on your on your nine one one parade. The home invasion scene, honestly, it was quite good. It reminded yes, me. Uh, yeah, go. you you got me. Let's go. <laughs> it was. It like it made it made Connie Britton feel very valuable. I mean, not that she wasn't before. It made uh, we got the we got the uh, the reemergence of Bucky, aka the sex dude, um, uh, getting getting back in for the viability and and helping uh, helping save the day. But also, uh, we get Angela Bassett doing the thing, and that is uh, <laughs> I think it's a super important part of this show that Angela Bassett did the thing, and uh, I just want to like okay. I, I, this part really got me. I really, I really like was on the edge of my seat for this one. It reminded me of one of my favorite movies, Denzel Washington's Man on Fire. Like it was very, you know, it also had like elements of taken because they use the phone as like a non visual communication tool for a lot of these things. And Jeff is grabbing his microphone because he's about to whisper something into your ears. And I hope it's not unsettling. What you got
0: for us, Jeff? So, Rich, Uh-oh. what if I told you no, you could watch this every week
2: uh, and it's just as
0: thrilling every no. single week?
1: <laughs> I bet it's not.
2: <laughs> hey, Rich, I'm going to put this in terms you understand. So, if one of the three 911 emergency calls captivated you, that's a, a 333 batting average, which gets God, you to the Hall of Fame at Major League <laughs> that's Baseball. Pretty,
1: that's pretty damn good. It's too small of a sample size. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> it's statistically insignificant. So that is the end
0: of this oh, God. pilot. Um, as far as like, what were things that you loved about this pilot? Uh, they can be chaotic nonsense. They can be we can save them for the, uh, you know, wait a minute moments as a whole. But I want to hear from
2: you two gentlemen. What were things that you loved about this pilot? The line, you can't punch it in the face. It's a snake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's in our line Hall of fame, which
2: is, which is just like factually untrue.
1: You could punch a snake in the face if you wanted. I, I feel like that was like, a I don't know. It, was it just like the emergency adrenaline talking? You could punch a snake <laughs> in the face. Yeah, it very clearly
2: has a face.
1: Yeah, yeah. We okay, and that and that boy, the their directing choice to show the close up on the snake's head getting cut off was. uh, Yeah, I just have PETA's upset.
0: Peta is so
1: upset right now.
0: Rich, what about you?
1: What about? Were there any things
0: that you loved about this pilot?
1: Yeah, I would say everything but Bucky. Bucky is too like a little bit. uh, (laughs) I, 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 Bucky is just like out of the out of my mind frame right now um i also uh i want to congratulate angela bassett for uh for her i assume emmy winning line no heroics don't go chasing waterfalls which only feels like the movie the other guys because i want michael keaton to say that so badly in the show could michael keaton play angela bassett's character who knows but uh i I don't know. This show is so fucking insane. We we talked a little bit about this before we, we before we started recording too. Like we use the phrase "laundry folding show" a lot. This is if you're going to completely ignore your laundry and watch it get cold on your bed for two, for a full hour while you while you sit and wonder how on earth these are real nine one one stories. So what I will say, what I love.
0: I love how insane this show is, but I love the moments that we Ryan Murphy gives some of these amazing actors, the opportunity to really sit and act and just go for it. We talked, I talked Except about it. Bucky. a bit. Sure. <laughs> Except for Oliver Stark, uh, who very much is trying to be his back, best. What if Riggs from lethal weapon was a firefighter? Wow. Um, so what I will say is like, I love Connie Britton in it, in this pilot. I love Peter Krause in this pilot. I think what we get of Angela Bassett in this pilot is amazing. And Rockman Dunbar does such a fantastic, even though he's in this pilot for maybe four minutes, max, I want to see so much more of that character. That
1: Great is job
2: what, being named Rockman Dunbar.
1: Yeah, honestly, yeah. Our our daddy of the week is just the name Rockman Dunbar,
2: and it's back
0: officially. Thank you, Rich, for your nominee. Yeah, um, you're, you're so, gonna you're gonna
1: have seventy more episodes of this.
0: Uh, so what about wait a minute moments, gentlemen? What are your wait a minute? Oh, moments? none. None. <laughs> <laughs> Max, what what are your wait a minute moments?
2: Uh, the the lack of LA traffic for a show that takes place ninety percent <laughs> in downtown LA. Look, they they put up the parameters to shoot this too far, or they spent all the money on Angela Bassett, and then they didn't have any uh like background actors whose vehicles they could use because there's not a single car in downtown LA at any point. They claimed that they could get from downtown to Winnetka in the deep valley of <laughs> LA in five minutes. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Not even at six in the morning, not not even at any time of day could you get from downtown all the way to the deep valley in five minutes flat. This show is absolutely egregious. So CGI some cars in there. CGI a car or two.
0: <laughs> all right, Rich, I will give you another opportunity. Any wait a
1: minute moments for you? Okay. Uh, I know you said that, Bucky's character is a lot like Riggs being uh, a fireman. No. It's more like Stifler from American Pie being a fucking fireman. (laughs) What is this character? What is this character? Okay. i Is there, like, an immediate redemption for how he is, like, after this episode? Because it is, like, egregious that this person is, like, even part of the fire department whatsoever. I like I know there's uniform chasers and stuff like that but good fucking god he t- he makes the dumbest most clear-cut mistakes I've ever seen of like anyone like there's no chance he wouldn't even let him be a fireman I feel like they they just kind of they threw us in a universe that was like a little insane and then just didn't follow it up with any context and, but yeah. you
2: have to be so good at your job to even be in LAFD. Like, people yeah. leave Los Angeles, go work for smaller fire departments to come back and have an actual shot at working for the LA Fire Department. So you know what, damn it? He might make mistakes. He <laughs> might he might fuck a, a, a rescue person <clears throat> or two. But god damn it, if he's not the best we got.
1: <laughs> and he's so fast carrying a baby. Dude's like Eric Dickerson (laughs) with a baby. (laughs) Um, As far as wait-a-minute moments
0: for myself, um, I think that I have accepted the absurdity of what this show is. Uh, So I'm slightly tainted. But with that being said, I fully recognize that when you mix Ryan Murphy's, just sometimes some of his grade-A acting and writing that I was talking about, but then are like, hey, you want to go on, like, the National Enquirer and pick out, like, five stories and then put them in a TV show and I'll give you, like, Oh, so these aren't dollars? actually real. No, well, <laughs> this is me just, like, supposing. And then, like, give it $10 million to produce an episode? Sure, why not? Cool, let's go and do that. Like, this show is bunkers, but I think that's why it is so... Wild, And we'll talk a little bit about their legacy in a bit. Uh, Rich has already nominated his Daddy of the Week, which is Rockman Dunbar's name. Uh, So, you know what? Let's just leave it at that. We only (laughs) got one in-flight question. And it very simply was, what did I
1: just watch? And... (laughs) What was that was that, um, was that from all of our respective partners? <laughs> <laughs> but
0: what I would like to take the opportunity to do and transition this into is you've now seen the formula for 911 right mm-hmm. We have these ridiculous we have amazing actors put them in ridiculous situations give them the opportunity to act as well. What other potential? career would you like ryan murphy to potentially choose and use to put this formula to use with again
1: oh i feel like if you're going to over something it has to be super boring and i want to see it my first uh like one of my first real jobs was uh working for starbucks so i want to see a workplace barista drama series with ryan murphy i want i want people absolutely crying in front of the oven that makes the spinach feta wraps
2: Oh my God, yeah, a 911 style drama at 7 am. at a busy Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Max, what about you? I I know that this is gonna be something it's very overhashed already and been done to both good and bad effect, but I want Ryan Murphy to go back to his roots and I want to see the most flippid, dramatic newspaper reporter Ryan Murphy show. imaginable but like not for a section of the paper you're thinking like i don't want to see any woodward and bernstein kind of stuff i don't want to see uh like boston globe spotlight i want to see uh what what's a bullshit part of the paper yeah like 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 the classifieds classifieds editor or the person who has to do like the weird local segments yeah that's (laughs) what i want Uh,
0: that's that's pretty great um I I have a couple in mind, in all honesty. Um, I like one that just sort of sticks out to me is like, what if we did stockbrokers and then we just like saw the crazy adventures they go on or like the mind palace they have to come up with the choices they make on a day to day. But like Black Friday exists. Watch that show. It's a fantastic
1: show. What's Um, the the HBO show about the the stock uh, brokerage? um
0: i think you're God. thinking about black friday which is the is that really it? stars yeah uh and it's really or is really that, good is
2: that industry is that what industry is
1: it's industry that's what i'm thinking about <laughs>
2: um the other one that sort of just
0: comes to mind when i think about it is bike messengers um which i know is sort of like only coming back but you Know, I think that could be fairly exciting. There's they're set it in the 90s, so it's a little bit more realistic. And uh, who knows? There's probably plenty of stories. Wait, around. there's a or Go and check Leffett out about
2: uh, that. I was gonna say, go check out Premium Rush with Joseph Gordon <laughs> levitt <laughs> Boy, make Premium every, Rush
0: into a Ryan Murphy TV show. Everything's been done. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for that in-flight question uh although we sort of took it in our own way and path. Let's talk about the legacy of this show. Um, so as we talk about this this show has yet to be canceled. it is continuing so we are talking about this from the perspective of June in 2023.
2: It is however changing networks I I, I should I should point oh. that out. it was just recently canceled by Fox and they are just moving it to ABC. Wow. Uh, they So Disney is taking it from one thing they own and putting it on another thing they Con- own.
0: Congratulations. So the first six seasons of this show and the first 96 episodes of the show were all on Fox. Um, it is already in syndication on USA Network. It started being in syndication oh, hell yeah, it is. <laughs> in 2022. Um, season one had its best viewership so far. Uh, with an average of 10.75 million viewers per episode. But season four was its actually its most successful season. It topped the charts at 11th most watched TV program in the country. Um, as far as awards go, this show has 24 nominations and 10 wins uh, across those first six seasons, uh, multiple NAACP awards, a uh, few Critics' Choice Awards, um, and then some of the names of the award shows, the BMI Film and TV Awards, California On Location Awards. Uh, it shows up as well multiple times, but, hey, it has more award wins than Party Down, and that makes me sad. Um, <laughs> there is a spinoff of this show starring Rob Lowe and Liv Tyler, and it is called 91. Lone Star. Lone Star. Yes. Uh, so, you know, maybe we'll talk about that pilot, too, because it's even more ridiculous. Um, is it? Yes. I, I do have one note. I know we just talked about the pilot, but I have to mention Connie Britton is not in the full series of this show. Uh, she is replaced by Jennifer Love Hewitt, who... What? Plays Bucky's sister, and the storyline behind that is amazing. I'm not going to say any more. You just got to watch more episodes. Uh, to I, find I was out.
2: gonna, I was gonna tune out, and then I was gonna tune back in, and, and I was gonna tune back out, and then you got me tuned back in. Oh, this is real roller coaster. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that is the continuing yeah, journey, yet to be finished legacy of this show, Rich. What is your question or excuse me,
1: Rich, what is your game of the week? All right. So game of the week connects a little bit to my question of the week, too, because these are the most meth and molly fueled uh, stories that they use in this entire show. As you can imagine, all of the stories that they use or at least most of them are fucking batshit insane. Uh, What I like most is that I found an article uh, compiling. uh, What is it? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the craziest uh, plot lines and emergencies that they solve on nine one one, which and is two you...
2: episodes worth. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they just keep rattling these off. These are some busy EMTs. I like it. Um, all right. So I Rich, want you guys to, going tell to me. suggest <laughs> that you ask Max
0: first, and then ask me. Wait. so that I can potentially correct
1: Max's choice. How many of these episodes have you seen, Jeff? What yeah, have if you I seen all 911
0: of them? I've seen
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what if I said I've seen 78 of the 96 oh, episodes, and I'm
1: waiting to finish
0: season six.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, well, you're definitely gonna get these, maybe. Uh, well, well, no, no, you're gonna, you're definitely gonna get them. These are insane, okay. Max, Max. <laughs> Which of these is not an emergency that they actually solve on 911 the show that we just watched for a whole 45 minutes A vet gets his arm stuck in a rhinoceros's butt at the LA Zoo performing a proctology exam YouTubers cement a microwave to their own head Two women fight at a beauty pageant and one gets a stiletto jammed through their head a teacher almost drowns in a vat of chocolate during a field trip a la Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> a woman gets her head caught in a truck's exhaust pipe or a woman gets hit with a fucking meteor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god. Um, I want to see all these on the show. Trust me, you'll see most of them. And you like, Buck's gonna try and have sex with like five of these people. <laughs> um,
1: wait, leave the stiletto in, baby.
2: I I'm gonna go with. Oh God, um, I'm gonna go with the rhinoceros. the zoo, just because I think that is that Ace Ventura. Is it? I don't know. I'm going with the rhinoceros <laughs> arm stuck. <laughs> Uh-huh. Seemed like the storyline that Buck is likely to try and have sex with. <laughs> Jeff,
0: well, Jeff, Max, there... you're thinking of when Ace Ventura went head out of the right, rhinoceros' anus. Uh and then, uh, And everyone thought that that was the... Um, peak of comedy. Yeah, no, it was the peak of comedy. Ace Ventura 2 is underrated as a movie. Oh um, Rich, let me, let me see if I have all these right. Chocolate syrup happened. Um, the <laughs> meteorite happened, yep. uh, the, let's, let's see, uh, I'm going through the stiletto happened. Yep. Um, the microwave happened. It yeah. was actually,
2: it was very, <laughs> very sad. <laughs> um, yeah, cause they had a hot pocket in it. <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> what other ones
1: did uh, you say? <laughs> Uh, the only other two are the rhinoceros and the woman getting her head caught in a truck's exhaust pipe. I think the rhinoceros is the
0: one that you, that is, uh, the wrong one. That right? is correct. You guys are <laughs> <Yes. right.
2: laughs>
1: I figured I would, I thought I would try to get you with an animal one since we got it in the pilot. But yes, all of these are real, uh, well, okay, real quote unquote, uh, real storylines that happen on nine one one. The drown, almost drowning in a vat of chocolate, is insane. I want to just watch that one. It's actually, I highly recommend watching that episode. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> yeah, ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes that episode.
0: So, Rich, thank you so much for that game of the week, gentlemen. Thank I you, Ryan have, Murphy,
1: for that game of the week.
0: I have two more questions for each of you. One, is based off of the pilot and the pilot alone, would you continue watching this show? And two, given that this show is moving from Fox to ABC, do you think that there is a place for this show to continue on ABC?
2: Max, I'm going to start with you. So, when I went into this episode yesterday, fired it up on the couch... I wasn't terribly excited. I just figured it'd be like a batshit fox procedural, and I was watching. I was laughing at the lines of dialogue <laughs> and how absurd it all was. And I finished the episode. I was like, "Oh my god, that's that's the most moronic thing I've watched in ages." This is definitely gonna make for one of the more fun episodes we've done in the podcast. But like, whatever. And then today, I found myself continuously thinking about nine one one and how absolutely like ingrained into my brain now that it is and i i don't think it's the best show i've watched this year uh it's definitely not the best show we've covered on this podcast but by god it's it's good dumb (laughs) and i i think i would find myself going back to the well for more good dumb oh god um, and and that being said, do I think it could uh, still go at ABC and have a good long run? I think it's very confusing that nine one one Lone Star is going to be on Fox while nine is on ABC, but they're all owned by Mickey Mouse, so they can do whatever they want. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We need something to yell at on ABC when the Good Doctor is not in season. So yeah, I think that this show will do just fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rich. What about you? This really scratches the itch of something we need to yell at. For you for you. That, <laughs> Thank you. you agree with me. <laughs> I, I mean, I do agree that I don't think we need to yell at something. I don't, think, I don't know. I, I'm ready to turn the TV off at this point. I <laughs> look, Jeff, for your sake, I'm going to say I will watch more of this. Tell and us. it's going to be go. the biggest surprise of the podcast run so far but the only reason I, uh, I'm saying this is because I want to take more edibles at night and I want something goofy and beyond parody to watch. <laughs> and that is, <laughs> that is the only way that is the only way. And, and don't get me wrong. I love Ryan Murphy shows. I'm not a huge fan of Glee, but I'm a huge fan of like Pose. American Horror Story is great. I haven't watched Dahmer cause I don't really like glorifying, uh, you know, criminals and murderers and stuff like that. But I think overall he does a really terrific job. He does that uh, that TV show with uh, with Sheldon from Big Bang Theory about Hollywood or whatever. That was pretty good. Uh, Hollywood. Oh, it's called Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. That show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was pretty roundabout.
2: Anyway, you know what nine one one? You know what nine one one is? It it's what I want to call a quitting time show. Where like you're done with work for the day. If you've got a recliner on your couch, you like cock it back and put your feet up. You get a beer, you take an edible, and you put this show on because you're done with work for the day. It's yeah. it's it's a quitting time show.
1: Yeah, this is like if you had a bad day at work, you gotta throw this on because this is uh, this is true. Because someone's shit. day
2: was worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Rich, um, what
0: do you
1: think about it continuing? Look, if I am, I am, uh, <laughs> I am anti. Uh, production houses right now and studios uh, in favor of the writer strike. Um, this is probably the only show I could say could really be replaced with AI because, whoa, the dialogue is exceptionally okay. And if they're, if they're really, and if they're really, if they're really trying to go for something that is unique and creative and compelling every week, they're basically just pulling shit from the headlines and, And I don't know, like, you didn't need a phone interview with the woman who really got choked out by her pet snake to find out, like, you know, for them to solve it by cutting the snake's head off. That's like, I don't know, a little bit too much, like, well, look how much research and work we did. You know, that's you could have figured that out. I'm sorry. Some, some, I mean, that
2: could have also been just a Google search for weird stories. So there were, there were two sides to how they got these plots. Yeah.
1: It's like, if you go on like not the onion or on Florida man on Reddit or something like that, it's just littered with stories like this. So this is the only show I want written by AI. That's the only one, all (laughs) the other ones, all the other ones, leave them alone. No one wants AI writing. You can write nine one one with AI. Uh, I'm not, I'm not watching uh, a reboot of this. <laughs> if like I, I'm, I'm very generous giving it episode two. <laughs> and that's, and I will bestow my greatness upon episode two. And Jeff, I,
0: I will be short and sweet. Yes. I almost watched the second episode right sure. after watching this pilot because I was just like, okay, cool. I, I need to see more glorified monstrosities and horrors of people's day on TV acted by beautiful people um, because that is what this show is. It is beautiful human beings uh, dealing with just the most out of this world terrors and saving most of the people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, as far as the show continuing on ABC, um, I have a very complex relationship with that because i think that there as we're in the midst of the writer's strike i think there's a lot of really interesting tv that's not on tv right now because there are shows like this that are easy to write uh that might require less writers um that might require less creativity so while i am in favor of awesome actors and actresses and People having work. I'm also in favor of, you know, I hope that there are other shows that are given the opportunity to potentially one day replace this show that's going to have seven seasons, going to break a hundred episodes. Right. And when that day comes, I hope it's something great. But in the meantime, while Angela Bassett, Peter Krauss, have work and even yes, you, Oliver Stark playing Bucky. Uh I am <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I I will uh be tuning in to another episode uh and enjoying this. With all of that being said, our plane has successfully come to a land. Uh and I would love to hear where we can find
1: you two gentlemen. Rich, without doxing yourself, where can we find you? <laughs> You can find me near Winnetka, California, and also uh, you can find me buying a pet snake for myself after seeing what they can do. Uh, for and on Instagram at damn that's Rich. Max, what about you? Uh,
2: you could catch me watching the nine one one prequel period piece spinoff that AI could never write for one one where Connie <laughs> Britton works at a directory assistant center. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you can catch me on all things, social media at Maxwell sing.
0: And you can find me trying to figure out other ways to secretly have rich docs himself. Uh, but if you're looking <laughs> for me on social media, you can find me at run Jeff run on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the TV pilots license anywhere you listen to podcasts as well as YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at TV pilots license. If you have a question about the show or for our next episode, you can email us at TV pilots license at gmail.com or give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 213-290-1713 Make sure to watch out for our Instagram as we like to sneak and preview upcoming episodes and some of the things that we're planning on recording to give to y'all. But with the plane landed and the seatbelt sign off, we look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you again soon. And until then, have a lovely day.
2: Pressure!